Romans chapter 8 verse 34 says, who is the one who condemns? Amen. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died. Yes, rather, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Amen. I want to talk about this morning uh, in this series, the struggle is over. I want to talk about, I will no longer live with guilt or shame. I will no longer live. Tell your neighbor the struggle is over. I will no longer live with guilt or shame. Last week we We've been in this series, The Struggle is Over. Last week I told you that you can, week before that I told you you can live for God. Last week I told you that you are a winner. Amen. Uh, Where we get that from is from the scriptures. The scripture declares that no one can bring a charge against you. God is the one who justifies. Amen. We've heard this phrase over and over again. Uh, We've heard that nobody could judge me but God. But here's the thing you need to know about claiming that promise. It doesn't mean that we live recklessly. It doesn't mean that we live an undisciplined life, an unholy life. And know this, that we will be held accountable. God is with accountability. I remember living my life just any way I wanted to live it. I remember living, doing whatever I wanted to do. And then trying to stand on something from God's word to say, no one can judge me but God. That is, if you would... An oxymoron. Matthew 13 says that if a brother is caught in sin, you who are spiritual, amen, ought to confront that brother or sister who is living in active sin. So, do we judge? We do. But we judge so that we could resolve, restore, and bring back a fallen believer. But sometimes that doesn't go well. Baby Christians and immature Christians take offense to correction, to reproof, to instructions, to training in righteousness. So the question now is, what is Paul's point? Paul's point here is that the world can't judge you. Amen. That no one can really condemn you. Are you with me? He starts off in verse 1 and he says, Therefore now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And if you back up to chapter 7, you'll, you'll be in for a shock because in chapter 7 verse 19, 
He says, for, for the good that I want to do, I do not do. Anybody been there? You want to do good? He says, but I practice the very evil that I do not want. Make sense? You get to chapter 8, verse 1. He says, but therefore, because of what Christ has done for you, check this out. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It's amazing how we condemn ourselves worse than what people, than people condemning us. Amen. Paul says in chapter 7, verse 23, he says this also. He says, but I see a different law in the members of my body waging war against my mind and making me a prisoner to the law of sin. See, here's what happened, saints. I don't know about you, but we all live with some form of guilt. We all have some type of shame. But I want to encourage you today to let you know something. Amen. That no matter what has happened in your life, no matter how much you may have fallen short of what other people were trying to hold you to, whatever standard that was, you are no longer condemned by God. Are you with me? Remember what he said. He said in verse 31, What shall I say to these things? If God hmm, is for me, if God is for us, then who can be against us? And I don't know what you're struggling with. I don't know who you're struggling with and what thoughts you're struggling with. But I want to say this to somebody here today. It's time for you to be released from the guilt and the shame that you may feel over whatever situations or whatever circumstance or whatever Satan tries to do. Watch this. To hold you in that pattern of guilt and shame. You see, Adam and Eve, when they sinned in the garden, it started there. And, and the first thing that Adam and Eve did is they hid themselves from God. So can I help you with something? Guilt and shame causes you to hide. Can I tell you something? There's no healing in hiding. You can't hide and want to heal. And then the other thing I want to share with you is this. As, as, as Sister Eaton brought up, the young lady at Texas Southern, watch this. We suffer in silence because of guilt and shame. And that's one of the tools that the enemy uses to try to hold us. Come on, somebody. And, and, and stop us from our healing. But I stop by to tell you today. Amen. That you and I don't, we no longer have to live with the guilt and the shame. If you look at verse 33, it says, Who will bring a charge against God's elect? That's what we talked about last week. God is the one who justifies, right? Now, remember I told you that the who here, amen, is a subjective pronoun. It is the actual doer of the action. And not only that, in the Greek, it's the accusative case. So, in other words, what he's saying is, you can, nobody, no matter who they are, 
can hold you to a standard. Only God can do that. And then he says, as a believer, you have to remind yourself that there's not a human being alive that can judge you. Are you following me? Watch what he says. He says, who? I'll go back to the who. Okay? Watch this. He says, who is the one who condemns? And this word condemn in the Greek, the word means to pass judgment. To put on trial. May I say this to you? Satan is always trying to put you on, 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 on the stand. He's always accusing you of something. I told you this last week in the book of Revelation. It says that he accuses you before God day and night. And so the question is, Pastor, how do I, how do I not live with that anymore? First thing you have to do is if we release our guilt and magnify our God, change your focus. Stop being so self-focused and be God-focused. I wish I had somebody. Paul says that you ought to stop operating on feelings. Watch this and go with the facts. He says there's not a person alive that can bring a charge against you as a believer. Watch this. And they will succeed. They may try, but you got to remind yourself that if you, if you release the guilt... And magnify your God. The God who created everything. The God who stepped out of eternity. And created time. I wish I had somebody. The one who said something and it came to pass. The one who orchestrated everything in your life. And the one who holds you up every single day. Give you breath to breathe. He, he gives you health and strength. And he gives you your right mind. He says stop magnifying your guilt and magnify your God because he's able. Sometimes we're so wrapped up in our feelings, saints, that we forget that God is able. Are you with me? He says, who is the one who condemns? Look what he goes on to say next. He says, Christ, what, what is going on here? He says, Christ Jesus is he who died. Now why is he bringing up the death of Jesus again? Why is he even going there? And see, sometimes I love what the choir did today, what the praise team did today. They sung songs around Jesus. If you ever listen to gospel music today, it's always about us. My blessing. My this, my that, and the third, right? But when you release your guilt and you magnify your God, the next thing you have to remember when guilt and shame shows up at your doorstep, the next thing you have to do is this. If we remember why Christ died for us. Can I ask you a question? Do you know why he died for you? He died for you so that you would have eternal life. He died for you because you and I were blinded and we were, we were in our sins and we were living a life, come on, a reckless life. And he understood that we could not do anything about it. 
Amen. And, and he died so that you could live. Do I have anybody? And I, I wonder to myself how many Christians we have in here that are not really living up to our true potential to understand why Jesus died for you. He died so that you would have the free gift of eternal life. He died so that you would not feel the sting of death. He died so that you and I could be part of his program. He died so that you would have peace. He died so that you would have joy. He died so that you will no longer be outside of his will. I thank God that I remember why he died. I remember how I got here. Had Jesus not died, you and I would still be in our mess. And can I help somebody here with something this morning? It's a shame that we know that he died, but we have not experienced the power of his death in our lives. Do I have a witness? And can I help you with something? He did not lay down his life, watch this, because it was forced. He laid down his life on his own initiative. He died so that we would live. And I thank God that no matter what the world may try to do to condemn me for what I have done. I wish I had somebody. God has died. Jesus has died so that you and I can be free. Anybody here free today? Free in your mind. Free in your heart. No long, no more sorrow. No more crying. No more, listen, depression. Come on, somebody. No more suffering. But you got to remember in your mind constantly. Man, I got to remember why he died for me. Can I help you with something? It's amazing how we only remember his death on, on Easter Sunday. But on Monday morning, we don't recognize that someone stood in your place. And can I tell you something? Paul says, had Christ not died, but had he not raised. And that brings me to my next point, because the text says, not only did he die, but look at the text. The text says, and yes, rather, who what? So the next thing you got to remember is this. If you recognize the power of the resurrection Working in us. Can I tell you? Can I tell you this? I'm like Paul in chapter 7. When I want to do right. (laughs) Evil is present. And can I tell you something? I'm like Paul. When I want to do right. I do wrong. But thanks be to God. That even in my wrong. Come on, somebody. I have a resurrection power working in me that takes my guilt and my shame. You know what I believe? I believe that we would have more people in church today. You see, I believe it starts at the pulpit. And I believe that we've condemned people for so long that we've had to change the message so that now they don't understand that even when you mess up, you serve a God who is powerful enough to make you over again. 
Resurrection power gives you the ability to live right. It gives you the ability to get up when you fall. You see, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that lives in you. Philippians chapter 3 verse 10 says, Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. May, may I ask you a question? Have you experienced the power of God's resurrection in your life? Saints, this is a foreign theme. Think about this for a minute. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 5, 15, 57, he says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And the context to that passage is talking about the resurrection. Can I help somebody with something? The reason why you got through what you went through it is because of resurrection power. Don't start thinking it's you and your ability and all the stuff you think you have. Because God can take your mind and he can take your health and he can take your strength. But thanks be to God that resurrection power is working on the inside of us. We have the victory over sin, guilt, and shame. Why? Because God's spirit is on the inside of us. And that spirit is who raised him from the dead. Do I have a witness here today? And I want to encourage somebody here today. That if you recognize the power of the resurrection that's working in you. You will rely on that power to make, help you to make it through what you're going through. Anybody here going through something right now? Maybe you're going through something emotionally. Maybe you're going through something spiritually. You got to ask God, God help me to recognize that it's your power, resurrection power. He made it a point to say, rather he who Raised, was raised. Now check the text out. Text says next. Who is at the right hand of God? Why does he say that? Did you see that? The text took us from the grave. Oh, I wish I had somebody. It took us from the grave to heaven. The text is taking us on a trip to help us to understand that Jesus died, but he's alive. And you know what's so awesome about that, that statement right there? Is that I understand I don't have to do this life by myself. I understand about grace and mercy. I understand that he says in verse 35, who? I'm sorry, back to verse verse 31. He says, what then shall we say? I, I keep going back to that because it's so powerful. He says, if God is for us, who is against us? Who is 
against us. But you got to back up to verse 28. Because he says, and we know that God causes all things to work together. And can I help somebody with something? The reason why it's working together, it is because he rose from the dead. I'm not trying to go there just yet, but, 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 but from the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky, we lift his name on high. You see, what I see in the passage is very clear to me. That touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, do you recognize that resurrection power? That he stayed in the grave. All day Friday. He stayed in the grave. All day Saturday. But early. Sunday morning. He got up. With all power. Resurrection power. I ain't trying to hype you. I'm trying to hope you. Why am I trying to hope you? It's because without the gospel. You and I will walk around. With our heads hung low. We ain't perfect people. We mess up every day. But I thank God. I got a clean conscience. I got a clear mind. Why? Because resurrection power works in me. Do I have anybody here who's messed up lately? I'm talking about lately. Let me say it one more time. You messed up lately. But you need a second chance. You got it, baby. Why? Because he rose. He rose. He rose. That ain't the end of the story. Because the text says, Who is at the right hand of God? Man, I need somebody who's at the right hand of God. I need my mama, but she ain't at the right hand of God. I need my daddy, but he ain't at the right hand of God. But when you have somebody so close to the Father, you know, like I know, there's somebody praying for you. And it ain't your mama. It ain't your daddy. It's Jesus himself. The text says, who is at the right hand of God? If we remember... We have heavenly, I'm going to say one more time, heavenly assistance. Thank God what I've been praying for. Jesus knows and he prays for me. He's so close to the Father that he knows what's up with me. He gave me the Holy Spirit that knows when I don't know what to pray for. When I get tired of being sick and tired, he prays for me. Thank God for my heavenly assistance. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, I got heavenly assistance. How does he do it? How does he do it, y'all? He's so close to the Father that when I mess up, he turns to the Father and says, I got it. 
Isn't that why you sent me to die? I, I don't think you even thought about your guilt when you came in here today. And shame. But you don't have to live like that. Because your father takes it from you. Jesus is at the right hand of God. How close can that get? And the Bible says that the spirit of God lives in you. And that same spirit, guess what that same spirit does for you? He intercedes for you and he prays for you when you don't even know how to pray. You ever been there? Where you just don't know how to pray. You don't even know what to say because you're so blown back by life. But the Spirit intercedes. Watch this. You got so much intercession going on for you that you don't even know it. Why do you think you're, you're divinely ordered? Why do you think you haven't quit just yet? Why do you think you still keep going? You don't recognize your potential because you don't know who's really for you. If God is for me. You know what we got to do? We got to change our focus. From earthly stuff to heavenly stuff. And if I can keep reminding myself, man, I got God, Jesus, who's at the right hand, the raised Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, with the resurrection power working in me. Look at the text, and I'm about to sit down. And he says, who also intercedes what? For me. The last thing we got to remember. Let me ask you this. How much assurance do you have in heaven? I know you I know you got insurance. But do you have assurance? So pastor, what does heavenly assurance mean? Man, nothing on this earth could destroy. Wait, come next week. I'll show you the rest of the picture here. Watch this. Nothing on this earth can stop what God has designed for you. He says, you know what the word intercession means? You know, it's a foreign word today. Intercession means someone is doing something on your behalf. You know what I thank God for? The things that I was praying for, I realized that ain't what I needed. And it's crazy how I got something, but I didn't get what I wanted, but it was better than what I was praying for. Hey! So that tells me that I have someone who knows all about me. I have someone who's so close to me that he knows my private thoughts. But you can't pray in guilt. You can't pray in shame. You cannot really effectively get through to the Father unless you release the guilt and the shame and watch the doors open. You know, you know, you know what's crazy? Just write this reference down so you'll remember this. Hebrews 7.25. Don't go there. Just write it down. It says he always lives to make 
intercession for them. Why do we need intercession? Because we're jacked up. <laughs> Here's how jacked up we are. We'll be hurting, but we'll be praying for some for, for material things. <laughs> we're broken, but we're, Lord, 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 please help me help me get a better job. Lord, give me a better car. Lord, do this for me. Lord, do that for me. We're so jacked up, right? We won't pray for what we're supposed to be praying for. So we need an intercessor who will be real with us. Aren't you glad that he's real with you? Aren't you glad that he knows everything about you? Watch as Jesus will intercede for you that you will no longer have to live with guilt. When you can't pray because the devil has you thinking you're not good enough. You ever been there? Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there where you sit, you feel like when you're praying because of what you've been through, watch this, that God is not hearing you at all? You ever been there? Oh, I've been there. You got to tell the devil he's a lie. Because my father saved me. And his son sits next to you. And he makes intercession for you. So Satan, I have heavenly assurance. I also have blessed assurance. I got grace and I got mercy. I got angels all around me. Do I have anybody here today? I'm about to go sit down now. But I thank God today that no matter what it looks like right now, God is going to make a way out of no way for you. Do you really want to step out of your comfort zone? Do you really want to live to your potential? Do you want to come out of that cage that you've been living in? I'm talking about the cage of guilt, the cage of shame. Do you really want to walk with some assurance? I ain't talking about insurance. Assurance. Blessed assurance. The Lord is mine. Do I have somebody that's going to step out today and say, God, I'm going to trust you because greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. Thank God that he saved our soul. Thank God that he can make a way out of no way. Do you know him today? Have you tried him this morning? Is he all right? Say yeah. Say yeah. Say yeah. Say yeah. Yes. Yes to your will. Yes, I'll obey. Yes, Lord. Yes, when they turn their back on you. Yes. Yes, you're going to make it. Yes, things are going to turn around for your good. Hallelujah. You see, pro wrestling is staged. Before the wrestlers even go out, it has been predetermined who's going to win. The contenders go through the battle of entertainment. Lord have mercy. 
But the point of the battle is not to decide who will win, but it is to give the crowd a show. The winner of the match does not battle for victory. They battle from victory. Lord have mercy. Those who come to Jesus, uh. Those who come to Jesus, uh. Those who come to Jesus, uh. Have already won. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, I've already won. God allows you to go through this life, not to win the victory, but to show off to the world that you have already won. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, I've already won. I've already won. I'm a winner. I'm a winner. I'm a winner. I've already won. Say yeah. That's it. That's it. That's it, y'all. We're fighting not for the victory, but we're fighting from victory. From a point of view of victory. And what I'm trying to say, I'm going to leave it alone, y'all. What I'm trying to say is you got to keep your head up. You got to stop pulling yourself down. You got to stop that self-talk that keeps pulling you from the place of victory so that you know that you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. The devil is defeated. Stand to your feet today. Tell the Lord, I've already won. I've already won. I've already won. I've already won. No more heartache. No more pain. No more guilt. No more shame. Yes. Yes. Yes to your will. Yes to your will. Yes to your way. Yes, Lord. I will obey. I will obey. I'll walk with you. I'll talk with you. I'll live for you. I'll walk through this valley. Why? For I've already won. I've already won. From a position of victory. Yeah. That's it. That's it, it, y'all. That's it. It's in the text. Jesus sits at the right hand of God. Why wouldn't you serve Jesus? Buddha ain't there. Confucius ain't there. Allah definitely not there. Whatever you have in your life that's not God is not there. But Jesus came down 42 generations. He was there at the beginning. He was there when the world was created. And he knew you. And he knew you would be here today. And he knew he knew this. Some of us have been away from church a little while or Some of you 
you know, you've just kind of drifted off the path. And what's been keeping you away wasn't your job. It was guilt. It was shame. And God says, I don't want you to, I didn't save you for that. But you know why you're still standing today? You know why you're still making it today? Because you have that intercessor. You have somebody praying for you. And that's Jesus. And if you're here today, and you're ready to come out of that guilt and shame, and you're ready to surrender your life back to him. Pastor, I'm ready to come out of that. To live. To live for him. I want to be free today of what I feel. Can I help you with something? Come. And let the Lord take that from you. Would you come this morning? I want to pray for you. Listen, if you thought about it, somebody say, I, I done messed up so bad, you don't understand. <laughs> he intercedes for you. And if you want me to pray for you this morning, if you want prayer this morning, would you come? I'll pray for you. Pastor, pray for me this morning. I need prayer. I want to pray for you. Listen. I want you to walk out of here with a heavenly assurance. You can't walk out of here the same way you came in. Why'd you come? I know you came, but why did you really come? And God says, I knew you, I know you. And I want you to be free today. I want you to be free. Would you come this morning? I want to pray for you.